You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. Has anybody stumbled across on Netflix the documentary series called We Are the Champions? Anybody? I mean, like this is, you're going to want to see this. And the one I want you to start with, it's, it's, it's a series of little documentaries. Any one of them is less than 30 minutes long. And you're going to want to see this one first. It's the one about the cheese rolling. Each of these services, I mean, sorry, each of these documentaries is, is about some quirky competition happening somewhere in the world. And the one you want to watch is the story of the cheese rolling competition that happens every spring in some small English village. I don't even know the name of the place. But, um, but my friend Mandy Smith is the one who told me about these. Um, they've been doing this one, the cheese rolling competition, for hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years. And so on, on the, this day in May, the whole village shows up around this huge, extremely steep hill. I mean, really steep hill. It looks more like a cliff, actually. Crazy steep. And they roll a wheel of cheese down the hill, and then some of them chase it. While onlookers chant, cheese, cheese, cheese. This is real. I, you can't make this stuff up. So the competitors are basically throwing themselves off the top of this extraordinarily steep hill, rolling and, roll, and, and running, sort of running, tumbling, crashing into each other. They break bones. They get knocked out. Literally, the person who won this competition last year is a woman who won while unconscious. She just rolled down the hill faster, unconscious, than anybody else and woke up to find out she'd won. <laughs> and you get to hold the cheese up over your head. That's like the big deal. And she can see her sort of eyes crossed holding the cheese up. Don't think she... It's brutal, y'all. There's one woman who has won more than any other woman in the history of this hundreds-year-old competition. And she loves this challenge. She broke her, her, her collarbone the first year she did it, and then she did it three more times. She's made for the extreme to watch her. This is the part I want you to really watch when you just watch her throw herself off the hill. And she just, in a combination of running and, and, and tumbling and rolling. It looks almost choreographed. It's almost gracious, graceful. She gives herself to this hill with abandon and something like joy. And then afterwards, she's propped her foot up on the, you know, somebody else's leg because she just broke it. And she looks so happy because she went after it with her whole heart. And that friends, is the picture I want you to have in your head as you hear this opening scene of the Christmas story one more time. I want you to hear this rolling, tumbling joy, can't keep your feet in front of you, adventure of these people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. I want you to circle the word favored every time you find it as I read. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary looking at the steep hill she's about to be thrown over, says, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord shall ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. And she leapt off the mountain. The angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That's the story of some people who threw themselves off a very steep hill so they could chase the call of God. Joseph believed the word of angels and married a pregnant girl. The shepherds talked to angels and walked off the pasture to find a Christ child. Elizabeth was pregnant with a baby prophet filled with the Holy Spirit and believed it was of God. Mary listened to an angel tell her she'd give birth to the Christ and she believed. These people weren't following some random weird internet offer. They didn't get thrown off the hill that they didn't even understand. They were chasing the call of God. Listen, they were chasing the call of God, and they did it with grace, giving themselves with abandon and something that looks like joy to this story God was writing through their lives. I want you to listen again to that last scene in Elizabeth's house, verse 39. At that time, Mary... Mary, who had been told repeatedly by the angel that she was favored by God. Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she got filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you were bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. So Elizabeth knows herself as favored. In fact, she knew that the day she found out she was pregnant. And now she and her child have both been filled with the Holy Spirit. So she says to Mary, 
As soon as your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And then she gives this prophetic word to Mary. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. That blessing is a blessing of faith. So we see in this story this beautiful interplay between favor and faith. And I just want to talk about that for a few minutes. The word favor is mentioned four times in just this first chapter of Luke. So it's a word we ought to notice because favor is connected to call. You should write that down, in fact. Favor is connected to call. We think of it as sort of prosperity gospelish. You know, favor means I'm going to get a bunch of stuff, all the riches, and everything's going to go right for me, and every green light is, or red light is going to turn green as I drive up to it, and, you know, the, the teller at the bank is automatically going to be there when I get there, and money's going to show up in my bank account. That's not favor. That's not favor. What we notice in the Bible is that often when, <laughs> it just came through my head, that's not favor, that's delusion. That's what that is. In the Bible, we notice that often when folks are called out as favored by God, it's because they're being tapped for a purpose. So favor is about call. I think about David's call. In in 1 Samuel, the story is told of God sending the priest Samuel to Jesse's house to tap the next king after Saul's reign has imploded. And so Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and he looks at his sons, and he thinks, well, this is going to be a gimme because the oldest son, who surely is a leader... Is tall, he's good looking, but clearly the, the, the guy. But the Spirit of the Lord literally says to Samuel in that moment, don't look at the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. So look, with some, look for somebody with heart. So Samuel keeps going down the line of Jesse's sons, and there's no resonance. There's no inner knowing that any of these sons are who God has tapped to be king. And so he's, he turns to Samuel and he says, is there anybody else? Because God has tapped somebody in this household to be a king. Well, there is the youngest. We left him out in the fields to keep the sheep while the rest of them came in here. We'll go get him. And when David walked through the door, this young man full of some spirit of adventure and courage, Samuel said, that's the one. And that, friends, is what favor looks like. Is when God looks at you with your unique combination of gifts and passions, and he says, that's the one that I want for this thing. That, that. Never mind natural laws or normal sequences. Favor is about me entering into the purposes of the kingdom in this life. This is a spiritual principle. You want to write this down. God's favor does not bear the fruit of personal prosperity. It bears the fruit of kingdom purposes. Favor is about purpose. It is God speaking purpose over our life. So faith, then, if favor is about purpose, if favor is about God speaking, then faith is about me saying yes. Faith is my yes to God's call. Faith activates the call. It tosses us off the top of the hill and into whatever God is getting us into. No promises of prosperity or comfort. No promise that you won't break a bone on the way down. 
Just the sheer pleasure of chasing after Jesus with abandon. That's the fruit. So favor, faith, then fruit. That's the kingdom order of things. Favor, faith, fruit. One early morning last week, I was praying for God to give me a prophetic word for you in this room this morning. For you. And I was asking him, you know, I, I wanted to give more than just the, the, the kind of this message. So I was praying, seeking the Lord for a prophetic word. And as I prayed, I heard this word. You should write this word down because as best I can tell, this word is for you. For you. I don't know how, how, how it plays out in your life, but it's for you. The way through the valley is by faith. That's the prophetic word. The way through the valley is by faith. So it means to me, as best I can understand it, God has already spoken a word, a purpose over my life. And my job, because it's going to take a while to get there. It's going to take a while. There's, there's a, there may be a space between God's call and the fulfillment of God's call. But my job is to keep walking it out by faith. The way through the valley is by faith. In other words, the only way from the top of the hill to the finish line is faith. So blessed is the one who believes that the Lord fulfills his promises before the Lord has fulfilled his promises. As my friend Mandy says, the one who showed me that documentary about the cheese rolling, faith creates a capacity for risk and grace. That's brilliant to me. Faith creates a capacity for risk and grace. Faith itself gives us the strength to say yes to God's favor. Not foolishly tossing ourselves off every mountain we see, but faithfully listening for the call of God for our mountain. So that even when we have no idea where this ends, we know that the one we're chasing is more faithful to us than we are to him. In the work of faith, God goes ahead of us. Blessed is the one who believes that God fulfills his promises. Another biblical example, I'll tell you, about this woman who showed up in the temple one day, and Jesus was there, and from, from all, it sort of feels, you know how old people do the mall watching thing? They go find a bench at the mall, and they just watch people. I'm not one of those. I'm not because I'm not old, but because I would shoot me before you send me to the mall. Um, I'd be grateful if you shot me before you sent me to the mall. That's what I'm saying to you. Um, but, but, the temp, but Jesus was people watching in the temple, which is kind of cool. And this woman comes uh, walking in, and she sits down. And because, God had, because Jesus had the Spirit of God, he knew this woman. He knew. She had two coins left to her name. Two coins. Probably amounted to about 10 cents. Not even enough not even enough to, to, to buy another meal. And she sat down in that place of worship with the last penny she had to her name and contemplated how to put that coin, those coins, to best use. And then she did this thing. She stood up and she walked down the aisle to the offering box I like to think of her like she was stepping off the top of that hill. 
you know, stepping out into this run and tumble of faith that might have even taken her faster than she would have gone on her own, all the way to the finish line where she drops her coins in the box with joy and believes God for her next meal. And Jesus saw that and said, that, that, that is favor and faith and and, and it is also fruit because we're telling her story today, 2,000 years later. We're encouraged by her faith today. And you're thinking, way to go, woman, but God's not going to ask me to do that. Really? Tell that to Abraham who laid his son up on an altar. Or, or, or to Jesus' followers, every one of whom died through persecution. Or to that woman who gave her last pennies. Or to Martin Luther. Or to Martin Luther King. Tell that to them. And the thing is, it isn't that God is going to ask that of you today. Chances are pretty likely he's not. But if you, until you have that mentality, that understanding that God might call me today. Do I have a divine yes today? Do I have a willingness, a, a, a heart to chase after Jesus whatever hill he sends me down? Until I am open to following the voice of God, I'm not sure you're likely to hear much less obey. I just need to say it. I mean, really, is he going to talk to somebody who's not likely to listen? The way through the valley is by faith. By faith. Whether we are climbing up a hill or rolling down it, faith defines our why for being on that hill at all. Not because we know we'll win, but because God told us it's okay to toss ourselves into it. Faith, the writer of Hebrews says, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. And what more shall I say? This is the writer of Hebrews. Chapter 11, I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. And I don't have time to talk about all of our stories. By faith, we started meeting in our home 20 years ago, trusting God for the birth of a new church. By faith, you showed up to worship God in a schoolhouse while we waited for God to provide. 
By faith, we, us together, stepped out and purchased buildings and started nonprofits and stepped out in faith to leave a denomination and join a movement. By faith, we have invited people into our lives who don't fit the normal, whatever normal is. People who enrich us and who also stand with us by faith. By faith, we have walked through cancer stories and heart attacks and deaths that had no miracle ending, trusting that God would gather our loved ones on the other side, even while he comforted and sustained us on this side. And by faith, we have also walked through stories that have had miracles in them. By faith, you have survived all kinds of diseases and chronic health problems and surgeries and car wrecks and calamities that, and have kept living your life. By faith, we have endured the pain of pandemic and the anger of elections and have not lost our love for God or people. By faith, we trust God with our story and the story. And every week, we do our best to help people become whole through Jesus. Listen, y'all, the only stories worth telling are the stories that happen by faith. It's like chasing Jesus down a hill while all of heaven cheers you on. And they're not saying, cheese, cheese, cheese. They're saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This beautiful tumble and roll that leads to joy and beauty. And we keep telling our by faith stories. From the ones we read in the scripture, Mary's story and Elizabeth's story and Joseph's stories, but also your story and my story because it is the story itself that gives us courage when we hear the Holy Spirit's voice to say, let it be so, God, according to your purposes. So what about your by faith story? Because remember, the prophetic word for you today is the only way through the valley is by faith. So there are some stories in your life that are still future tense, but you can stand on them, that which is not as if it is by faith. What, what tumble and roll faith story that at the time of it felt very unsafe in the middle of it that you've lived to talk about, that also is a by-faith story. Over all of them, the ones that have happened that we can testify to and the ones that are still future tense that we can believe by faith, over all of them, the Word of God today is blessed is the one who has believed. I know, because I know pretty much everybody in this room that there are some amazing by-faith stories right here, and we can testify to them today. I'm about to read some by-faith statements, statements that I wrote down as I prayed over you this week and listened for you this week. And if one of those by-faith statements resonates, if it feels like maybe it's your by-faith story too, then I invite you to stand as a testimony to what God has done or is doing or what you believe God 
will do. Stand as a witness to God's favor. Stand because you have spoken your yes with joy. And after you've stood, you're going to sit back down. But the next time your by faith story gets said with another statement, you'll stand again. And even if the rest of us don't know the details of your story, you'll know it, and heaven will know it. And when you stand by faith, you can listen for the angels to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus did that. Jesus did that. So will you testify this morning to what God has done, is doing, will do in your life by faith? The, the, the statements that I read are first person, but I read them on your behalf. You are the person. So stand if this is you. By faith, I have come through a storm and am trusting God to restore all that is lost. And you can be seated. By faith, I have walked right up to the edge of broke and have somehow managed to keep paying the bills because I have God's favor. (laughs) By faith, I have claimed provision even in the lean times and will trust him for the lean times to come. By faith, you can be seated, I have stayed in it when discouragement tried to take me out. You can be seated. By faith, I will keep speaking over my dreams and visions, that which is not as if it is. By faith, I will stay sober this holiday season. Praise God. Praise God. By faith, I am laying all my deepest loves on the altar today and trusting God with my future. By faith, I will not take things personally during this holiday season. When tensions rise at family gatherings and comments are made that would normally make me uneasy, I will live in the peace of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> By faith, I will lay my phone down every once in a while and participate in the world around me, trusting that my world will not collapse while I'm offline. Yeah. You can be seated. By faith, I will stay in the messiness of relationships I'd rather run from, believing that God will bless the effort and is not as concerned as I am about the outcome. That's good. By faith, I will keep beating the path to God's door, trusting Him with the questions and holding out my grieving heart for healing.
And these last ones, as I say them, you're welcome to stay standing if you like. By faith, I will trust God with the unsolved questions in my life, knowing that the God who has gotten me this far will see me through. By faith, I will trust that God's purpose for my life is more than the one I might have wanted for myself. By faith, I will walk in confidence, not anxiety, toward all that is unresolved in my life. By faith, I will let God fight my battles, demolish my barriers, and make possible what seems impossible. And by faith, I will expect God to keep showing up, and I will keep watching for miracles, and I will accept every breath of this life as a blessing from God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And if that is you, stand And if that's not you, stand because I am standing for you. (laughs) By faith, on the night he was portrayed, Jesus, believing he was the Messiah of the universe, took bread, broke it, and gave thanks to his Father in heaven for it. And he gave it to his friends. And he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. I willingly toss myself on this hill called Calvary so that you might find life. And after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks to his Father in heaven for it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this cup, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink from this cup, remember me. And so, Jesus, in remembrance of these your mighty acts, we offer ourselves In praise and thanksgiving, we throw ourselves off the mountain of doubt and ask that we might land softly in your grace. Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, will you bless these elements and make them be for you the very body and blood of Christ that we might be for the the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. We trust you, God, for the questions, for the mysteries that we cannot explain, especially the great mystery of faith that Christ has died and Christ is risen and Christ will come again. And as you pour out your Holy Spirit over these gifts, Lord, we ask that you would make us one with your purposes one with your spirit, and one with each other until Christ comes in his final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet table. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, with your Holy Spirit in your holy church. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.